and Redmond are the thong slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 27 of the Thong Slappers podcast, where we're actually going to be delving into some 2003 goodness. We're joined once again by one of the friendly faces from uh, Street Machine's Carnage show and also Street Machine's videos and also the All Things Bogan page on Facebook and stay-at-home bloke on Instagram, Paul Gus Cronin. How are you going, mate? Thanks for coming back. Hey, yeah, good, mate, good. That's the go. And Redman, are you lurking and around in the background there? I can hear you clinking bottles and doing whatever you're doing. (laughs) I have. I like the rapist Jack Russell up. Gus, apologise, can't apologise enough about that last time. I'm sorry. Oh, God. Still, Still washing my leg off. It's got stuff stuck in my is it still absolutely hammering down up there, uh, Redmond? Of course, you're in Townsville where it's been flooding and all the rest of it. Are you still, like, floating away? I saw you had a crocodile in the backyard yesterday. <laughs> you, you wouldn't believe it. During the recording, it has stopped. We, I've got the best phone service I've had in the last six days. What, it's only 34 more days and now I'll have that arc finish, that motherfucker. Yeah, I think you're going to need it by what I've seen going on around the place. Mm. Yeah, so, no, definitely big time going on for people up your way. In Brisbane, we're getting nothing. So I made yeah. Everybody went to the shopping center and they went. It's just mental down there. There was no bread left, so I made damper. It took me honestly 15 minutes. I made oh, I made two round loaves, and Deb's like, "Why are you making two?" And I'm like, "So they look like titties." And she asks, "Fuck, why didn't I think of that?" So made, <laughs> remember, remember this time last year we got no bread. This time last year I got stuck with thirty thousand loaves of bread. You'll remember. That's right. That's exactly right. When the the um was it at Ingham or Innisfail or somewhere? Innisfail was the flood. Yeah, I got yeah, stuck there, but yeah. this this year we got none. So I, honestly, uh, flour, salt, and water make up a damper. It takes fifteen minutes in the oven, then you leave it sit for a little while in the oven with the temperature off, and it's beautiful. I made a, a big uh, fat piece with uh, some butter and jam on it. Made it. People lose their mind with the floods and stuff. Like they're all buying the loaves of bread and shit. I don't know what, what goes through their mind. Not fucking much. You know, the funny part is, I bet as you were making that damper. You were probably writing a poem as well, just for that full, like, Banjo-Patterson thing. I was. It's, Is that- it's a one about eels. I can't say it live, but I'll, I'll tell you. <laughs> oh, fuck. You're never going to live that down, Gus. <laughs> I so want to post it, man. I'm like, I need to start a fight. So, you know, when you retaliate back before I was married and you can I say that about sending sex texts? I can't, can I? That's illegal. Yeah. You know, when you break yeah, up with an probably. ex and you start rumours? <laughs> So I just can't wait till, I, till I'm in the shit with Gus. I'm going to post that motherfucker as soon as I'm in the shit with you, Gus. Well, I tell you what, there's one element to this story that makes it believable, and, and it's not me and Scotty. The fact that you mentioned Bubba in this means that anything could be true. You guys are kind of having a bit of a bromance, aren't you? Oh, he's, like, a, good, he's a good dude. You know? He's just a good oh, dude. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I saw that fantastic photo of you, like, feeding Bubba with the goon bag. Yeah, yeah. That like, is such a funny photo. We'll post it on Instagram if we haven't already. That's, um, that just makes me laugh. That's Barbara in a nutshell, pretty much. It's almost like you going, ah, like chirping <laughs> like a bird. I mean, I would have, I would have drank it and vomited into his mouth, but you know, it just. <laughs> I'm going to allow that. <laughs> <laughs> <Pelican> drinking. <laughs> 
Hang on, Robert. The thing is with you and Bubba with the street machine stuff, because I have no, obviously, as I've said a hundred times, I have no attachment to street machine other than just enjoying it. You guys really pop with that stuff you do. When you come on, I'm like, here we fucking go. When it's you in front of the camera or Bubba, I couldn't give a fuck if you're talking about a supercharged car or fucking uh, the, the service station. It's when you guys, and this is no bullshit, when you come on the camera, I'm like, here we go, boys. <laughs> this is going to be a good one. I really enjoy it, guys. You do do a good job, mate. Congratulations. It is good. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. You, you guys should get Bubba on. He's, uh, he's a cracker, mate. He'll have you in stitches. Yeah, yeah that, that definitely sounds like the guy something we'll have to look at doing in the future for sure. Maybe you can hook us up, mate. Yeah, we'll we'll do it. Oh, sweet. I'll give that peewee a drinking lesson. <laughs> oh, physical challenge. I think it's happening. So, gents, we've joined forces today to talk about some 2003. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a quick background while you get your notes together. John Howard was our Prime Minister, as he was for a number of years. Sadly, four people died in the camp of bushfires that year. There was also a train derailment at uh, a place called Waterfall, where the train driver had a heart attack and lost control, and there was a number of people killed there. Cyclone Benny. We're just talking about, well, Benny and cyclones. Christ, you just know a cyclone called Benny's going to be pretty bad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> with our mate from down south. It actually ravaged southeast Queensland, but in saying that, it brought some drought relief to the uh, drought affected areas of southeast Queensland as well. Shane Warne, he was suspended for a year because his mum gave him, supposedly, I say that in inverted commas, some illegal uh, substances. So he was out of cricket for 12 months. Young lady called Natasha Ryan, she was found hiding at her boyfriend's house. She'd been missing for a decade or something like that and was actually found in his cupboard. So she came out of hiding. A guy actually got acquitted of her murder because of that, which is probably a real bonus, especially if you were him, you'd be pretty friggin' happy about that. Rene Rifkin, he was actually done for insider training. Now, of course, Rene's uh, since passed away, but the reason I actually mention him, did you guys know he was actually a car guy, believe Mm. it or not? Yeah. He was a big car fan. He actually had hot rods and all that sort of stuff too. Or you never would think it. You'd never think that, like, looking at him or seeing him in interviews, but he was a, a massive yeah. car fan. Hundreds of cars. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'd love to, have, you know, sort of see more about his collection. From what I hear, it was a very diverse collection of cars. Like, he just had a genuine appreciation for standard stuff as well as modified from all decades. So, very interesting. I never... I knew he had a couple of hot rods, but I never knew that his collection was that extensive. Sadly, Festival Hall in Brisbane shut its doors in 2003, which is kind of like the Thebiton Hall of... Uh, Brisbane for you Gus yep uh, for where lots of live bands amazing bands have played over the years and probably the craziest thing that I'd forgotten all about from 2003 was that Pauline Hanson went to jail which <laughs> it just got to be some absolute political friggin stonewalling that she caught which I think was pretty underhanded by anyone who was actually responsible for her ending up in jail but of course she was later acquitted of uh, the charges and that alleged crimes that she'd actually done and um, yeah I think that was just people trying to do their best to shut her up. She wrote Mein Kampf during her time in prison, didn't she? <laughs> Maybe. Mein Kampf's out of Hitler's book he wrote in prison. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway, we might leave that one. Leave that one right there. Some people are fans, some people aren't. You know what else happened in 2003? The, um, What's that? The the shuttle, space shuttle Columbia. Yeah, space shuttle Columbia. That was uh, pretty that was, full on. Yeah. That was 1986. No, no. This 90. is the, the re-entry. This one blew up on re-entry. Oh, okay, sorry. It yep. damaged to one of the uh, the tiles on, on the wing, and it, um, yeah, just flew apart when it when it came into re-entry. Wow. I, yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That was uh, pretty full on, and 
and and also the last Concorde flight was 2003. Oh, gutted. How tough were those planes? I used to have a Matchbox car version of it, but obviously not a car. So, so cool. A Matchbox version of a Concorde, yeah. So yep. cool. Yeah. No, very cool. Very cool. How about you, Redmond? Have you got anything from 2003, or maybe would you like to kick into us with a vice versa? I would like to kick in with a vice versa. Thank you very much, Simon. Vice versa is where the thong slappers and our guests take something from a given year, bring it back, and vice versa. Used to be called There's a Fraction Too Much Friction until the guy from Crowded House rang us all pissy. Right on. 2003, I'm going to bring back Cooper, who was my Rottweiler since 96. Up until 2003, she was my Rottweiler and she died. I don't do the whole worship of the dead necromantic thing with fucking tattoos and rainbow bridges and all that fucking bollocks with dogs, but I would definitely have her back if I could. I mean, fuck, we're bits of carbon that have been here for 14 billion years. I don't mind any of that other fucking bullshit. I like Tony Soprano's line in the TV show. He says to Kimmel, I don't give a fuck when I die. Throw me in the dumpster. And he's dead, right, because he's the dead one. <laughs> so I, I quite like that. And if I could take something back from the present day back to 2003, in 2003 I was working mm. on full highway trucks. I was just a, a highway truck mechanic. These days I'm an earth-moving mechanic. What we've got in earth-moving is this thing called a Wiggins fitting. Are you familiar with it? It's yes. A, it's, yes. It's about three-quarters of an inch, and you clip it onto an engine or to a transmission or to hydraulics or to fuel, diesel fuel, and you can pull the fuel out or push the fuel in without undoing a sump plug. So suddenly, when like uh, the machines I work on, go got 300 litres of engine oil. They can have a 1,000 or 2,000 litres of hydraulic oil. You know, they've got uh, 4,000 litres of diesel. But when I first came to them, I was amazed how you could change all this oil without getting a drop on you, because certainly when I was working on Kenworth, I used to manage to wear 20 litres of the oil. Uh, 40 litres of oil, so they're my two fights. <laughs> yeah, so I would take Wiggins fittings back and go, here, Redmond, fucking go mad, son. Fucking highway trucks. Anyway, but um, by the power of Heston in fiction, Gus, would you like to give us a vice versa, please, sir? Well, uh, I mean, 2003 is not, not really that much of an exciting year for cars, but um, what I did like in 2003, there's the Commodore. It was a VY Commodore, and it was called an SV8, and it was like a, a POV pack SS Commodore. It was the sort of the, the last time you could really get a base model V8 Commodore. Yeah, um, okay. Right. You, so you could get, you know, you can still get like a V8 Calais and Berliner and stuff, but gone are the days where you could get a, a six-speed uh, LS VT executive, you know? And uh, yeah. I think the VY SV8 was the last time you really get anything like that. And it was good. I remember Motor uh, Motor Magazine testing it in their probably performance car of the year or something. And uh, and it did a 13.5 quarter mile time. Fuck. Which is just, Fuck, that's a ride, eh? Right, that's right, right. off the show floor. Just can't, you know, like that just blew my mind. A 13 second car Commodore, you know, just a base model Commodore doing a 13.5. Just, uh, um, yeah, blew my mind. Oh, mate, I was just going to ask, is that kind of like a Belmont without the drum brakes? Is that like the <laughs> yeah, Belmont much. version of the Commodore? It just had yeah. like, it had alloys and stuff, but it didn't have the full body kit. It just had like a, a boot spoiler and maybe a little bit of a lip, but it, it had the, uh, you know, it was just a very sort of standard looking VY with the, you know, still had the, the little teardrop on the headlight sort of thing. But um, yeah, they, they weren't anything to look at. I just kind of like the idea of a base model V8, you know, like, yeah, it rings my bell, you know. <laughs> oh, faux show. No, look, I can un- fully understand what you're saying there. It was probably so quick because it didn't have so much extra shit loaded into it as well, like you get with a Calais or the other upmarket models. But the thing too, I fully agree with you with VYs and that awesome little park light they have at the base of the headlamp. I just, I love that feature about them. I prefer that even to the VZ where it was all smooth. Yeah. I, I'm here now. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, the VZ came with its own issues, especially with the, the six-cylinder, which, That's you know, right. mm. I'm well aware of and I still bloody bought one, but, you know, that happens. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, my vice versa taking back to, to 2003 um, would be a ZB Commodore, just to show them how they <laughs> fucked up. Well played, sir. Fucking well played. Oh. Excellent, Gus. Love it. You fucking champion. That was so well played. You left us speechless. That is. Yeah, that is. That's the comment of the year. Yep. As in 2018. And, let's include that as well. Well done. I, I have, well done, sir. I, I haven't actually been in one. I've looked at a few. I've you know I've seen maybe five on the street, but. You know, the coppers are using them here, and apparently they like them. But, you know, well, I, I don't, I'm not saying it's a bad car. It's, it's probably a great car for a Camry, you know. But it's not a Commodore. Yeah, it's just true. not a Commodore. Just let it die. You know, in fact, I'd probably be happier if they just let the whole name die. Just use... Yeah, I, uh, I wish they... Yes. Just, just use the Commodore. GM branding, you know, and sell Cadillacs and Corvettes and fucking whatever else just yeah. just let it go yeah let it go. the vfs the last of the vs was such an awesome car like i'm hoping in about 10 years i'll be able to actually afford to buy one because yeah. it'll be like the vt or the vn of however that cycle goes but yeah. they were such an amazing great car they should just they should have gone out on a high with both the commodore and the holden name i think the only thing that's actually I can think of at the moment for a brand new car, and I've never had one, so the only option I can think of is a WRX. There's nothing else. Yeah, see, look, I'd probably go the opposite way in that if I'm buying a new car, I want it to be just something super-duper reliable for St. Lucie to drive around. I'm thinking easy. I'm thinking low maintenance. The last thing even on my mind is performance or in any sort of street cred whatsoever. I think that's why we build... No, seriously, that's kind of why we build... Other cars like Valiant and EHs, yeah. that's kind of the, the weekend fun thing. I'm thinking like a white Hyundai. You know, like that's kind of my <laughs> mindset when it comes to buying a new car. I'm not even yeah. thinking even remotely of putting wheels on it or anything like that. I think that's uh, a, that's so. an absolute fair comment, and that, that is that is perfect. Uh, I just, a, a while ago, was managed. we've got an old SS, a 2011 SS, and it's fairly knocked about, but it's a daily driver, and there is nothing as good. Uh, there's plenty as good. There's something I truly enjoy. It's when I jump in it, just daily drive it, and I start it, and it just rattles and pipes. So I giggle again. That's right. This fucking thing's a V8. So fuck it. In the timeline, I just think, fuck it. I'll get I'll get a performance car and just drive the fucking thing every day until it falls apart anyway, because none of it matters. That's a fair comment as well about just go and buy something something stock. Like, yeah, you can get something really good for about 20 grand. Something You can't get past the Korean cars, mate. The Hyundai. It's one car of the year oh. 400 fucking years in a row. You know, it's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, and they but, deserve it. I mean, Christ, we look at those things with 300,000 Ks on the clock. The engines still run with, like, half a cup of oil in the sump. And that oil's like chocolate topping. The transmissions, they just go... This is why places like wrecking yards and stuff are slowly dying off because cars don't need parts and people don't know how to fix them themselves and you can't fix shit at home either. But in saying that, Red, what you've said there, I've just realised that I actually sound like a bit of a knob. I should, I guess, qualify what I'm saying by the fact that my daily driver is, of course, the orange Mr. Juicy Valiant V8 <laughs> panel van. <laughs> and I start that thing and I hear it and I go, oh, man. And, I, and the reason I stick with that, 
I kind of almost feel like, you know that movie Beverly Hills Cop where Eddie Murphy's play, uh, character has the blue Nova and the chick says, oh, back in high school you were driving that crappy blue Chevy Nova. What are you driving now? And he's like, oh, well, the same car. It's kind of like that. People say, why do you still drive this thing? You know, like it's got no air con. It chews the juice. And the whole deal is, is that I love driving it and I figure if I've got to have to drive a car every day, I might as well enjoy what I'm driving. So I guess to maybe make my my earlier statement clearer is for what we I guess we'd have let's use inverted commas like a family car something that you know St. Lucy can drive and it's reliable and we'll take it on trips or whatever which stuff we wouldn't do with the Valiant panel van unless it's something like car based so I think for a everyday car like say you read keeping something like the SSU as your car great idea but something with Deb something you'd use as like sort of a, a more a car you travel in together to go places and do stuff something like the you know like a Subaru even if it's not a WRX just don't get a Forester because as we learnt from that TV show that great show Cobra Kai apparently that's what it's used to you know what I mean so after everything this guy's done I've got to be the one to make amends just give him a car and get him out of your life forever okay Choose. Thought you sold Porsches. Yeah, right. In your dreams. Just pick one out and get the hell out of here. I don't have all day. What about this one? Forrester? Do I look like a lesbo? It's the whole thing about having a car that you just don't have to think about is probably yeah. what attracts me to something plain and boring and basic like that. I'm, th- I'm thinking a third gear, 7,000 RPM tipped in. <laughs> <laughs> I would own a new Kia Stinger in a heartbeat. Like, how cool are those? Yeah. The thing I don't understand with Kia Stingers, I saw one the other day. It's as if the factory have fucked up the paint. It's it's kind of like, right, you know, the painting process goes, this is very, I'm going to really simplify it. Primer, top coat, clear coat, all right? Uh-huh. I followed a stinger the other day. It was like gloss primer. It's as if they put the top coat on yeah, first, then the grey primer, and then went, oh, fuck it, we'll just put the clear coat on top of the grey. It seriously looked like primer. I felt like putting some guide coat over it. Yeah. Have you seen a stinger in that gloss grey, Gus? I haven't I haven't seen a stinger in that colour, but I've seen lots of other cars. It seems to be, you know, one of the, the latest sort of crazes, you know, some fucking Gen Y with a top knot has said, well, listen, we deconstruct food for well, you to eat, so let's deconstruct how we paint a fucking car in, and just give the, you a gloss primed Stinger yeah. or, or I, I, Audi or something. I like it. I like it. it, it I mean, we had in 1998, we had Tiger Gold, for fuck's sake, you know, Tiger mm. Mica on, on Commodore's, <laughs> and how fucking awful is that now? But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, we, the it's Gen as bad y, as billet wheels. Blacktown, you mentioned Blacktown. Everybody had an undercoat primer, fucking Kingswood, and a mullet. Now Gen Y going, oh, we want a mullet, you know, an undercoat car. I fucking hate them both. I hate undercoat grey, and I hate fucking mullets. <laughs> Oi, you have you got to sell it, mate. You're right. You, you've got hashtag gains. That's all you need. But look, I'm not saying I don't like Kia Stingers. I've actually had the pleasure of driving one. They do go oh, yeah. really well. Yeah. But I'm just saying. Generally speaking, I just don't get the whole gloss grey primer colour that they use oh. for Stingers or any other car that runs a similar type of setup. Yeah, it's no, just I, a bit weird. I, I love it. I love it. Just, yeah. The, you love the gloss grey or you love the Stinger? I love both. Yeah, I quite like the gloss grey. Okay, it's fair enough. Money. I yep. will definitely come down and guide code it if you buy one. <laughs> just a really... 
Yeah. They seal the deal on that. The 17 oh, he's gloss black, though. The, the guy coat will definitely be gloss black. So it still fits in with your, your Mate, theme of Gen Y. If I can ever afford to buy a brand new Kia Stinger, you can come and do whatever the fuck you want to. <laughs> Until then, I'm in a, in a Japanese domestic market uh, Nissan minivan with uh, Japanese buttons all over the dashboard, which confuses the fuck out of me. <laughs> nice, nice, love it. Maybe you should look at taking a Kia Stinger back to two thousand three in gloss primer. Buy some shares in grey. Nah, people need to learn about the ZB Commodore and and yeah. The- no, fair enough. I I agree. With if, Gus, if Gus took a, a Stinger back to two thousand and three, there'd be a space time continual problem. When two thousand and three, Gus punched the fuck out of two thousand and nineteen, <laughs> Gus, and I think two thousand and three, Gus would get the win. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> 2003, Gus has got about 30 kilos off of what I am now. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. As you get old, you get a bit wiry too. You know, you might know a few chicks by then, you know, like, fuck, he might drop a few big bombs, but you fucking work him around after chasing them kids around. You might, you know, know how to get out of the way a bit and let him fucking puff himself out, then land him. <laughs> the 2003 Simo, he's gone straight to Ashley and Martin. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> no question. I'll probably see you there, won't I, Gus? Yep, definitely. Yep. Yep. But no, really, for my vice versa for 2003, listen, anything that we do on this show that's a vice versa as far as cars from, say, 1991 to pretty much now, uh, apart from the... What's that Commodore, the new one called? Not the VB. Although it's as shit-faced as VB. What's it called? ZB. Um, Anything that's going to be bringing a car back, it's pretty much a Commodore Ute, right up into the VF2. It's going to be a Maloo. Uh, It's going to maybe have the uh, AMCAT, that panel van conversion, and it's going to be either that and or the Monaro derivative if it was available at the time. So for 2003, I'm going back to bring back a Maloo, a VY Maloo, for all the reasons you spoke about as far as why VY is a cool Gus, or it's going to be the Monaro. It's going to bring that back because I really like those cars. Hmm. As far as everything else goes, look... 2003 was really, probably really unmemorable for me. I think the most exciting thing that happened to me that year was I built old days, the um, Valiant hardtop oh, yeah. gasser or street gasser I have. I built that sort of in 2003, as in I got the car on the road in 2002, but I did all the sign writing and all that work to it in 2003 in the lead up to the cruising magazine Nostalgia Jags, which happened in 2004, I think. But one thing from that I would probably do differently now, as you know, we lost our beautiful uh, white staffy Zach, uh, late last year, and we've got a replacement in the form of Sonny. He's a he's a great little fella. He's a white staffy pup. But recently, Sonny's come to do something a little unusual, and that is he's eating the sign writing off old days. Oh, so puppy you heaven! Know, it all came to <laughs> it all came to head the other day when he came in wagging his tail and stuck to the side of his face was an S, and that happened to be the vinyl lettering off the side of the car. So what I'm probably going to go and do is go back to 2003 when I was actually working uh, doing sign writing and and had friends in sign shops and all the rest of it, and instead of doing a mix of vinyl cut lettering which I could smash out pretty quickly and actually getting people with skills to hand paint the sign writing. I would completely have the sign writing on that car hand-painted and just leave the only stickers being the performance stickers you see on the car to try and 
save this from happening because now i've got to go back and do basically half of one rear quarter panel because it's all gone would you get this so could you get a sign on the back r.i.p sunny 2019 (laughs) he's too much part of the family already i do love him too much to do that but i mean seriously who would ever think that the dog is going to eat sign riding off the car it just yeah you you sort of with pups you know they, they want to chew stuff so you try and compensate for that in a lot of ways but that's the last thing mm. i thought i'd have to be doing so Mate, i'll they, put some photos of an instagram of it it's they eat their ridiculous. own shit so why wouldn't they eat the oh my god so oh oh my god i'd block that out of my mind altogether gus that you'd said that but he's <laughs> terrible for it and that's the only thing <laughs> that's the only thing in the world that repulses me Ugh. right over the years through my work and all the rest i've seen some really terrible stuff the only thing that makes me want to dry reach like actually go <laughs> is actually a dog that eats its own shit or the shit of another animal oh. and this dog and then comes does it you come down and it's you can see he's eating the top off it he's eating the crust off it and it just it just makes me it's the only thing that makes me gag Mate, not the guy this dog panda licks its balls and farted and didn't even miss a lick farted in its own face while it's licking its balls and never missed a lick <laughs> That's pretty fucking... You know, it's funny, a couple of episodes ago when you were talking to St. Lucy and she said that my spirit animal would be a dog, <laughs> I thought, when I'm listening back to this after it after it being recorded, I'm like, oh, here we fucking go. <laughs> I thought, oh, yeah, because he's going to, like, licking his own balls or something. <laughs> I don't know what it was, or eats his own shit. <laughs> it wasn't nothing, none of that actually came up. Sleeping uh, on the couch was pretty pretty accurate. You know, you go to sit down and watch your favourite TV show, but you're na- that knackered, the old man phase comes in and you end up falling asleep in front of your favourite show. So, sleeping on the couch, that's definitely correct, but I'm glad none of those other things came up anyway. <laughs> so, Gus, Red's just had to step out quickly. Music for 2003, as you may have heard from our 1994 episodes, the Ah, oh, the massive, it was just a great divide between what you were listening to, say, for Triple J and Hottest 100 and what was on the, the normal regular pop charts. Thankfully, that sort of stuff, that gap had closed a bit for 2003. Music-wise, uh, quite a few things happened that year. I mean, Powderfinger came back on the scene with Vulture Street, and that was actually the ARIA best album of the year and also best group. And Morris, the Bee Gees died. It was only 53. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty that sad. That long ago. Great. Wow. I know. It's scary to think about how... You know, that doesn't seem like that long ago, does it, 2003? But it's actually ah. 16 years ago. Crazy. It's a bit of a worry. Yeah, it is. So looking at the regular pop charts for that year, this is the top 10 from... I'll go from 10 to 1, actually, this time. Not 1 to 10. I'll go from 10 to 1. This is just the general mainstream charts. Number 10, Ignition by R. Kelly. Number 9, New Flow by Big Brothers. <laughs> Number 8, The Ketchup. It's funny. The Ketchup song. Is it? Yeah, Lust Ketchup was number oh. eight. All these bands and songs you just never hear of anymore. Oh, number seven. Was. <laughs> it was. Number seven, Lost Without You, Delta Goodrum. Number six, Bring Me to Life, Evanescence, great song. Oh. Number five, Into Club, 50 Cent, another good song. Oh, yeah. Another one, number for Delta Goodrum. No wonder she won every friggin' aria that year. Born to Try, Delta Goodrum, number four. Oh. Number three, Where is the Love by Black Eyed Peas. Number two, Lose Yourself by Eminem, great song. Yep. And a total, total deflation for number one, <laughs> Angels Brought Me Here, Guy <laughs> Sebastian. The old sea bass. <laughs> My... <laughs> See, 
now, I might just, while we're talking, I might just quickly flick to the Triple J Hottest 100. Now, I'm going to count these down as quick as I can. Number yeah, 10, Powderfinger, Love Your Way. Great, great song. Number 9, Hilltop Hoods, The Nosebleed Section. Number 8, John Butler Trio with Zebra. Number seven, Powderfinger again with Sunsets. Number six, The Cat Empire with Hello. Number five, interesting, and I actually don't mind this song, is Clocks by Coldplay. Wow. Number four, and the song that should have been number one, if there was ever a song to smash back on the charts with. For... It was Nosey, wasn't it? It actually it was. I've got, it was a, I've got a big black car or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> it was Brock. Like it something. was Brock. Powderfinger with Baby, I've Got You On My Mind. Number three, White Stripes with Seven Nation Army. And number two was Hey Ya by Outcast. Number one, not a fan of this band, but obviously a lot of people are. Are You Gonna Be My Girl by Jet. Oh. Haven't heard anything from them for a long time. So, a bit of a mix and match. So, um, yeah, I don't know, mate. There was sort of a, a few good songs crossing over with the charts. Or maybe I was just getting really old and not understanding what was happening in the music scene, which is highly likely. That's yeah. probably more <laughs> the reality of what was going on. Yeah, I mean... It, Went through a bit of a metamorphosis there, a bit of a you know crossover, and you know, when it sort of went its own way, you know, it lost me. I got a, got a bit old. And Triple J lost. Yeah. Tell you what, an album that came out in two thousand and three, which was fucking amazing, and still gets a, a decent run in my car, is uh, Audio Slaves' self-titled album. Oh yeah. Show me how to live. Cochise, gasoline, like a stone. Chris Cornell just friggin' slaying it. Big that time. Was, that was a hell of an album, and it's still awesome today. You know, I've got that on CD somewhere. I'm going to dig that up and give it a run. Yeah. I haven't listened the, to that album forever. And the film clip, with the film clip for Show Me How to Live, it was the, the vanishing point. It was like the coolest friggin', the, the coolest video clip ever. What were you driving in 2003? Did you have your combi then? No. What I, were you up to? I, um, I had my combi when I was living in Darwin, you know, being... No, one of those unwashed ferals up there. Yeah. And I moved back in 99. So I had, uh, I was living in Glenelg across the road from, uh, not too far from what used to be uh, Lenny's down the bay. I had a CM Regal at that stage. Oh, not the Gus Bar, so different. No, one. no, it was, a C- it was a sedan within Moonstone Metallic. It was on gas and really cool daily. Um, and it, oh, I actually had a couple of cars. I had a, a 323 Mazda wagon as well, which like cost me 300 bucks, I think. And I just sort of bought it to, when I was in between cars, you know, just to get around in. Yeah, and, yeah. That'd be last of the rear wheel drives too, being a wagon. Yeah, yeah, it was a 79, so... I think they were Sweet. drive 81 or something in a wagon. It was such a good car, and I just never, I just held on to it for as long as I could because it was just a, a cool car, and it wasn't wasn't worth selling. So I just kept it and just occasionally yeah. drove it. <laughs> it was just good, good fun. Call. And and it's it's fun to have a manual, you know. Like it's cool to have a big valiant column shift, you know. But it's also good to get in something and thrash the living shit out of it and. Um, <laughs> You can drive as fast as you want, and you're not going to get a ticket for speeding, or you know. Whereas you jump in a an SS Commodore manual and 
fang the crap out of it and you're dead or you're doing 300 kilometres an hour or something, you know? That's a really valid point. I think that's something that all my dailies used to be manuals back in the day when I had, you know, Hillman Hunters and Mazda 808s and all that cool stuff. But it's funny, talking of that CM, was that a 265, like a six-cylinder one? Yeah, yeah, 265. It was. It had an aftermarket radio in it, but that was pretty much the extent of it being fucked with. It was very stock. But, yeah, it was, it was nice, yeah. That's the go. Look, I am thinking about a story. I thought it was going to be this vehicle, but, of course, it, I think it would be the old VH sedan you had that was, like, one of your first cars. Oh, yeah. The one I remember you telling me this story about how it had drum brake front end. So that's why I know it's not going to be the CM. Yeah. How one of the brakes would lock on when you'd be at the gate. <laughs> the gate, hang on. Really? <laughs> Let me start that again. <laughs> one of the brakes would lock on of the drum brakes at the front end when you're at the bay car park and you could do massive peg leggers in it because the front brake had lock on. Is that right? Is that the car? Yeah, yeah. That that VH was, uh, was like, it was dead straight, rust-free, 215, POV pack, except it was an auto, drum brakes all round, and uh, it cost me 400 bucks. And if you when you parked it, if, if you let it cool down, uh, the brakes cooled down, the first time you applied the brakes, the front right brake would lock on. And you'd yeah. have to put it in reverse, reverse a bit and stab the brake pedal and it would unlock and then it would be okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you go to the bay car park, park it for a few hours, you know, and you go to leave, you get to the, the speed hump where everyone would, uh, you know, light them up. And uh, sometimes it would do it, sometimes it wouldn't. And if it didn't, if the front brake didn't lock on, there's no way on earth it would spin. It just... You know, it just didn't have the guts, but you lock that front right and it just just smoke for days. <laughs> First, second, third. So awesome. Off you go. So awesome. But See, this is the problem. Nowadays, young people with first cars, because cars are pretty much so reliable and nothing really goes wrong with them. There's probably a lot of people who don't have those little idiosyncrasies that we all had to deal with when we had cheap-ass first cars. Yeah, yeah. Like that kicking under the dash to get the wipers working and stuff like that. Things have probably changed in a lot of ways around that, but the Bay Car Park was such a great place. Like Before they built all the hotel and all that sort of stuff there, we could actually drive down Anzac Highway and the sun would be setting and all the rest. It was very cool. Yep. And I've got a lot of fond memories of growing up down there, and especially, too, the first place I ever saw a Sandman panel van was the Bay Car Park in the late 70s. Yep. So fell in love with them from that moment on, just that whole van thing with the tailgate up cruising around. But that VH, another couple of things I just that come to memory straight away. Now, VH Foundlings, of course, had rectangular headlights and factory, but yours had actually been fitted with one round headlight, one rectangular <laughs> headlight. So it looked like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer sticks the vacuum cleaner on his eye and pulls the vacuum cleaner off. And his, one of his eyeballs is kind of sucked out a bit weird, and he turns to Bart and says, oh, is everything okay? And Bart's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're fine. It kind of looks like that, and that you've got a great photo of you sitting on the bonnet, like modelling on the bonnet. Yeah. And secondly is the orange plastic bulb oh, yep. on it. <laughs> that was awesome, that thing. I got I reckon I've got a starter motor rebuilt for exchanging that with the auto electrician guy because he was uh, a yeah. mad fisherman. And he put lights in it so he could hang it over the side of his boat for gar catching garfish or some shit. As in, <laughs> he put lights in the in the bull bar. In the bull bar because it was clear. Plastic. Oh, in the tubes. Yeah, nice. He put, he put lights in it somehow. Nowadays, you put LEDs <laughs> in it, but back then there were LEDs. Did rigged it up somehow, but 
and yeah, he used to catch a hold of a garfish. So yeah, he, he did a rebuild on the starter motor for me in exchange of uh, the old Oranger <laughs> fluoro tube bull bar. <laughs> That's so MacGyver. I love it. It was it's it. pretty strong though. Like used to um, you know, head up to Hungry Jacks at uh, Castle Plaza on South Road there, and um, you know heading through the the shopping centre car park, you'd line up a few trolleys, and they'd you know you'd get decent air hitting them with the bull bar. They'd sort of spring <laughs> them into the air, and it never broke. <laughs> it was oh. tough as nails that bull bar. It was it was pretty good. It's probably one of those things. It's sad to not actually see around anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. you see one, okay, people used to laugh at them, but if I saw a car at a car show with one of those on there now, oh. it's, that, it's that daggy, it's super cool. Yeah, so. I mean, it's the case of um, everything that was, was uncool in the past that just got thrown away or discarded is now worth heaps of money. <laughs> like, like original, That's right. you know, like Chrysler mudflaps. You know, they're, they're worth a fortune because everyone just... I used, I just cut them off with a Stanley knife and threw them in the bin, you know, like... Mate, I did exactly the plate. same. Angle grind the heads off the friggin' screws and off they yep. went because they always yep. rusted in. People, people pay fortune for an original radio or radio delete panel or, you know, it's all that shit that was yeah. worth nothing that no one wanted. It's all... You know what? If a, if an orange or bull bar popped up, I would probably have a, have a crack at buying it. <laughs> one thing I remember clearly about your spotting around the place... You actually were the man who found the side vents for my Disturbia panel van build, which are, yeah. uh, I guess, fiberglass versions of the XB hardtop scoops yeah. used to get. Yep. And, mate, I mean, it's obviously such an appreciated thing. They just finished off exactly what I was looking for, for doing with that car. Yeah. But back then, you could kind of buy that stuff. And it wasn't It wasn't considered rocking horse shit. It wasn't considered something that was gonna, you're going to have to spend $5,000 to buy. They were yeah. just stuff I mean, that you could that, have. That guy... It was, a, it was a guy I used to work with. He just gave them to me. He says, oh, do you want these for anything? I'm like, I don't need them, but I'll take them. You know, that's cool. And then you were building your car, and I thought, well, I'll happily donate them to the cause, you know. But, yeah, stuff like that was oh. given away back in the day, you know. It was just didn't have that much of a price tag associated with it like they do now. Exactly. And look, as much as I wouldn't fit a genuine radio or radio delete, as much as you know and you're the same, you're really not a purist in any way, shape or form, I do miss out on the money that I could have got for selling that stuff. Now, movies for 2003. Lord of the Rings, the first of that series came out. I've never actually seen it or any of those movies, so... Me either, mate. Oh, you know just, what to say it's not interest me at all. <laughs> me either. Couldn't give a fuck. <laughs> that and Harry Pirates Potter. <laughs> go and eat a dick. <laughs> yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. Johnny Depp at his finest. Oh, I yeah. love him in those movies. He just cracks me up. It seems like he loved him in those movies too, and now he has just become uh, Jack Sparrow, really, hasn't he? <laughs> That's a really good point. Very good point. Hey, gentlemen, I'm back. We are just talking about movies from 2003. Lord of the Rings, we both decided was shite and have never seen it. And Pirates of the Caribbean, how it's Johnny Depp's best work to date. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Got any thoughts on those two? Yeah, Lord of the Rings, definitely a great book. And Tolkien, uh, obviously, is a master of fiction. He's unparalleled with, the, with his fiction writing. I'm a massive fan. And what you've done to Evan Green... I want to do to Pete Jackson. They absolutely destroyed. It's like Star Wars. It's just a franchise to make money. And you know what? Salute. Good on you. If I had something that I could sell for millions of dollars, I'd do it. I wouldn't give a fuck what it was like. So it's a great book. And also, other work that Tolkien does, he uh, wrote a commentary 
on a fiction commentary on um, King Arthur. Uh, Guinevere and uh, Lancelot. It's great film. I didn't mind the first one. I thought it was handled pretty well, The Hobbit, but the, the rest of it was handled yeah. really poor. And Pirates of the Caribbean, I'm yet to see. Mate, it's pretty good, the first one especially. You could probably see the first one and that'll do you. You probably don't need to see much more. Mm. Or, oh, hang on, I can't remember if they all go on from one another. But anyway, the first one will give you a pretty good idea what it's about, put it that way. So, make sure you've got a spare few hours. Johnny Depp is a fair talent. I see some of the stuff. He's a great guitar player. He's got a band as well. And I think he's uh, Edward Scissorhands, maybe. Might have been Edward Scissorhands, yeah. We were just talking about that movie yesterday, actually. Edward Scissorhands. Haven't seen that for a long time. I thought it was good. Like St. Lucy and I. It was a solid Yeah, something different, that's for sure. No, Blow. Might have been Blow. That's probably more likely. He was really good in that flick, so Mm. possibly. Some other movies from 2003. Monster with Charlize Theron. That was a great flick, as well as... (laughs) (laughs) How how the hell they make that hot chick look so goddamn fucking ugly? Christ, she's... Yeah. Scary looking woman in that movie. I think shaving, <laughs> shaving her eyebrows off helped a lot. But yeah, yeah, and and the teeth implant, like the oh. friggin' yes, yeah, it's, it's full on a. It's not stuff. Uh, Some other good ones. Kill Bill. Oh, uh, that was yes. obviously Kill Bill Part 1. That was a great movie. I haven't seen it for a long time. I really need to get that out. And two of my favourite movies, actually, of all time were released in 2003. Oh, School yes. of Rock with Jack Black. Fuck, man. That, that is one of the funniest movies. It's great. I love it. Here's the deal. I've got a hangover. Who knows what that means? Doesn't that mean you're drunk? No. It means I was drunk yesterday. And interestingly, the guy who plays his housemate in that movie was recently on Survivor. Because you know I love Survivor, you probably yeah, was rolling your eyes, but he was actually one of the contestants on Survivor. Uh, yeah, that's a great movie. An old school with old Luke school. Wilson, Will Ferrell, Vince Vaughn. Is there not a better Gen X movie than old school? Master of Puppets. I want to hear some challenges. Best use of that song oh. in any movie ever. Best use of a Craigar rim <laughs> doing a massive burnout on oh. a Black Dodge van ever. Just, uh, yeah, I, I actually watched that video last night, just that scene of the, is it a GMC van? Like, That's a Dodge. It's a it's Dodge, Dodge it? yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then just cruising yeah. around kidnapping all the pledges for the sorority. And <laughs> <laughs> and Will Ferrell with a stocking on his head, but he's actually got yeah. the legs hanging off the sides like ears. <laughs> yeah. And I think probably <laughs> Ferrell's best bit in that movie was when he grabs the snacks off the the wife. They they uh, kidnap one of the guys and he's with his wife shopping, and um, yeah. <laughs> and he says to his wife, "Don't say anything or I'll fucking kill you." And she's like, <laughs> she's like crying. He goes, "No, it's okay, it's okay." And he looks in the shopping bag and pulls a couple of snacks out and <laughs> and leaves. Fuck. Oh, have you seen that movie, Red? No, I haven't. Sorry, no. Oh, you have to put it on your playlist. Yeah. That's a great movie. A bit of trivia in uh, when Beatrix Kiddo goes to the old Spanish brothel owner chasing Bill. He's reading a book. I actually Googled it once. He's reading a book, and it's called The Kerrigans of Carajong. What? Oh, as in, like, the castle? It's a weird name for a book, and when I Google it, it's, it's... yeah, well, not quite. Uh, Bell, Bell's line of road there in New South Wales. But I might be something to do. Encourage on tree. It's a, it's a kind of tree as well. But um, when I Googled it, he had, what's his name? Tarantino had uh, extra or somebody help on the set, a helper on the set. 
that was a Carrigan. That was their last name. They lived in Carrigong, New South Wales, and they developed a bit of a just a bit of a bond there. Whatever they become friends. So he wrote the cover of the book, the the Carrigans of Carrigong. I just it's a little New South Wales kind of cool little thing in there that I did happen to notice. But yeah, sorry to bore you guys to death. You're still awake. That actually, yeah, that isn't awesome. boring at all. That's really cool. I love hearing that sort of stuff. What was the Australian films you're about to mention, sir? Uh there was. Danny Deckchair. I think that was just filmed here, but that's probably nothing we really need to talk about. There was Ned Kelly with Heath Ledger, but also there was like a satire version of that just called Plain Old Ned. Probably the best movie from that time for an Australian film was Getting Square with David Wenham and Sam Worthington. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. There's a scene about in those that. Those guys trying to go straight and they just struggling, working the takeaway shop, trying to go straight, but things happening, which was making it very difficult for that to happen. Getting Square. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great film in there that uh, Matt Worthington and his brother, he gets out of prison and he comes home and underneath the uh, house he's got an XR Falcon, is in a 67 XR Falcon, so he pulls the cover off it and his brother starts to walk down the street and he goes, I'll give you a lift. He goes, I'm not getting a fucking Ford. <laughs> and he goes, it's better than a Holden. And his mate yells back, fuck off, Ford. And he yells back, Holden. <laughs> and he goes, Ford, you fucking idiot. <laughs> That, that's that's great, and um, it's got some really good scenes in it. That it, it's an excellent, excellent film. The, time, one of my the, faves. The Ned Kelly film is great. It features Ned Kelly, and it's directed by Gregor Jordan. And Gregor Jordan actually directed uh, Heath Ledger in Two Hands as well. So there's a bit oh, of a like okay. between two guys, and I think Heath Ledger, yeah, it does uh, Two Hands is great. I think he does very well in. Uh, and Ned Kelly just really started depth of role. And what, what a shame that we lost Heath Ledger. I think he was an absolute superb actor. Yeah. I, uh, yep. I, I can watch that 40, what's that 40 things I hate about you? That's a great movie as well. It's actually pretty funny. But you're dead right. There is a massive difference between a movie star and an actor. And he is, is such a lost talent. You know, and a great, um, great, I guess, ambassador for Australian film as well. So it's sad to see him. Sad to see anyone die young, but especially you know someone like him who was really starting to go places. Yeah, like his role in Batman as the Joker was pretty oh. awesome. Oh, <laughs> and terrible all at once. Must yeah. be, must be awesome to do that art to get that inside you and to be able to to act somebody and not. You know, you mentioned once for Warriors in a prior uh, podcast. The, what's the gentleman's name that plays Jake the Mus? Uh, Tamura Morrison. Yeah. He's saying that he hates anything to do with domestic violence and that. Who doesn't? And then that kind of thing. He, he may have some background in that. And for him to summon that up inside him, he said, "You just go to this this real place. It's not like art that a painter does. An, an artist doesn't have to transpose themselves. A painter doesn't have to transpose. Somebody who does poetry doesn't have to transpose and be somebody else. An actor absolutely has to. And where they get their depth is by being somebody else. And I think it's just bloody awesome." Yeah, I agreed. You know, it's kind of like music. Sometimes I don't really like the the members of a band, or I might think that such and such is carries on like a bit of a knob or whatever. But their music's great. The same with like, say, Tom Cruise. There's a lot of people who don't like Tom Cruise as a person. You know, I don't really care. I don't mind him. I've seen interviews with him. He seems alright. Probably does a bit of weird stuff, but I guess we all do in certain <laughs> ways. But him as an actor, I love his acting, and I can switch off, and I can actually distinguish the difference between someone as a person and someone as and just enjoy them for acting in a role that they're acting in like perfect example him playing jack reacher people and i love jack reacher books in the in the book jack reach is like a six foot six kind of big muscly blonde guy well in the early years graying of course in the later years but people go oh i can't watch the movie because tom cruise looks nothing like the how the character is depicted in the book but he kind of makes it his own 
I don't think it's that big a deal. And yeah, so I don't even know where the fuck I was going with that. Well, what were yeah, we even talking about? I, I can do that. I can I can put sort of past you know people I don't like. Johnny Depp, I'm not a massive fan of, but his his movies are good. But one person I can't do that for is Russell Crowe. Oh, I cannot stand him. Cannot Did stand him. I've never seen yeah. Gladiator. Nothing. I've watched The Water Diviner, his last film. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. I haven't seen anything since he did that thing with one of the Dado brothers in the 90s. You know, that was that's it. Romper Stomper? Or was that Off the Dish? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that was a kid show. I've just been together that one of the Dados hosted. <laughs> Forget me. It was, yeah, um, Cameron Dado and him were cops in LA. LA, was it LA something? Oh, LA Confidential. Yeah, that's it. That's the last movie of his I've watched. Yeah. Guy Pierce. Oh, okay. his name is a fucking Dado, isn't he? Yeah, I think they've all been on. I think they've all been on neighbours. Yeah, oh, fuck. on neighbours, home and away. Fucking who knows? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, that's the last movie of his I've watched. I just cannot bring myself to. Oh, just he's he's the Fleetwood Mac of uh, actors for me. So. <laughs> Fair enough, <laughs> guys. We're nearly wrapped up for episode twenty-seven of the Fong Suppers podcast, which you can find on iTunes. Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts and you can follow us on Instagram at the thong slappers or email us thong slappers at optusnet.com.au but before we go I just wanted to mention a few cars and you guys may have some additional stuff to add to this and we'll probably go into a bit more depth next episode cars from 2003 so first of all a couple to mention was King Cad by Mario Colaleo who sadly passed away recently that was his I think it was about a 56 or 57 Cadillac we had Craig Thompson's awesome twin turbo LC Tirana that was a friggin this is right when turbos were starting to make their massive uh, stamp onto the hot car scene and of course leading on from that when we're talking twin turbos Eddie Tassoni's twin turbo VH Commodore from Perth that gold thing do you remember at Summonats he cranked out like 1500 horsepower and someone put in a complaint like uh, making claims that he had some hidden nitrous system under the intake manifold yeah, yeah. and there is that fucking fantastic shot in Street Machine magazine from around that time from Summonats yeah. and you can just see Eddie and his crew are just busting their asses pulling that intake manifold off and you can see how fucking pissed off he is <laughs> he is just so wound up as you would be someone you know trying to rain on his parade after cracking out such great numbers as they tear the intake manifold off the car on the dyno to shut the haters up do you remember that photo yeah didn't he hold the the manifold up above his head like take that mother yeah you know like yeah that was yeah uh, hey you just you just bleeped yourself out without even meaning to (laughs) that was funny sorry he went went, motherfuckers yeah (laughs) fuck 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 yeah is that Make up for it. Yeah, awesome, awesome work. So, you know, those cars were cool. And, of course, one of the great ones locally for us in Brisbane was Rob Bertolacchi's XB hardtop, the maroon-coloured XB, which is running big block Ford in it and full steel running in the eights. Another great car from that era. I haven't actually seen anything of that for quite a while. It's crazy. Yeah, big time. You guys got any cars that you remember from that time that you want to mention? To Sony's car, I remember seeing that on the dyno at um, Extreme Horsepower Show, and it might have been it might have been around that era. But um, he had a backfire or something, and it ended up putting the top of the intercooler into the, the ceiling of the Wayville Showgrounds Pavilion. <laughs> 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 oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
the um, yeah, the top of the alloy intercooler is just hanging out of the insulation of the the roof, which is light. Oh, it's, it's not like it's a <laughs> it's a massive building, so it's like a hundred feet up. You know, like it's just crazy. <laughs> I remember that. Oh man, uh, that was uh, that was good. And um, yeah, I Adam Labrese's EH wagon, the green one. Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh of man. Course. You know, like you look at it now, and it's sort of it's dating a little bit with the color coded stuff and whatnot. But that car just knocked me on my ass when I first saw that. With the you know, even just the exhaust pipe had that centered exhaust pipe out the back that was That's sort of right. you know like smoothed off. It's just a super cool car. Just yeah, it was that was cool. And then he he went on to build that the Falcon Coupe. That Falcon Coupe was at Summonats this year at the Valvoline stand. That's that, right. Yeah, the that white one. Was, that was another bare metal car that you probably enjoyed. Yeah, yeah, yep. And that thing is amazing as well. As uh, yeah, almost as amazing as the beautiful young Valvoline ladies that were at the stand all weekend. Ooh, smooth operator. No, no, no I'm more of a dad Playing now. I'm background. more. Of, I'm, I'm protective of them, you know. They were just—they're just really nice girls. Glad to hear it, Gus. It just <laughs> makes you feel old, anyway, doesn't it? it does it definitely does. <laughs> I'm really glad you mentioned Adam Labrie's EH. That actually won Street Machine of the Year for 2003. Smotty. There you go. Yeah, it did. Smotty. <laughs> the, the titty or the motty. <laughs> a bit of smooth. The smooth and tockly. Nothing like a bit of smooth and tockly. Just some uh, commentary on you saying that gentleman took his intake off to prove he never had a nitrous system underneath it. But there's something that uh, I think thong slappers pride ourselves in, not giving a fuck when we're right. There's there's a certain line in a Willie Nelson song, and I love it, and I've been invoking this line when I get into arguments with stupid people. And I don't I don't comment back on any of the social media when, it's, when I'm in a scrum with stupid people. I just let them be stupid. But this is a line from Willie Nelson. I think we can all take a lesson. He ain't wrong. He's just different but his pride won't let him do things to make you think he's right. Isn't that great? Like, So he's saying, I don't have to prove I'm right because you're not fucking worth it. Isn't that just a great lyric? Yeah, that is actually. He ain't wrong. He's just different. But his pride won't let him do things to make you think he's right. <laughs> That's it's, it's so appropriate on. nowadays yeah. too, isn't it? Yeah. That's the smartest thing to come out it's of um, a like for think, a long time. I'd like to... <laughs> And Willie's a Sweet. superb musician. He is an absolutely. There's so much more to Willie other than the cliche. He does. He's done more albums than anybody. He, he's superb. I'd like to thank uh, Tim Barnett. A big shout out to that guy. It's been doing loads of stuff for us here at the Thong Slappers. So just definitely thank you, Tim. Thanks to Broads. Thanks to Tell. Thanks sure. to us. Thanks to everybody. But um, to Phil, to Matto, to there's so many. I, I wrote a bit of a list here, but unfortunately I, I haven't got it because I had to run out of the door in my shorts. But um, thanks, Gus, for coming on, mate. I really enjoyed it, and it's, it's nice to meet you. And, and uh, Simon, thank you very much for coordinating this whole mess. Uh, this, you're the, the thong slappers Tetris playing octopus, as I mentioned, the spirit animal. Gus, <laughs> Gus, uh, let's finish off. Gus, what's your spirit animal? Uh, Trevor from Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> I don't even know okay. what that is. You might have to send me a photo so I can put it up on Instagram so I can actually know what the fuck you're talking about. Right, course, someone, will, the... someone will know what I'm talking about, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> that's it. Hey, listen, if you're free, Gus, we'd love to get you back for episode 28. We're going to continue on with 2003. We'll actually talk a bit more in depth about the cars, but also uh, we're going to talk about Bathurst 2003. Revan's got a fair bit to go on that. That's definitely his area of expertise. So. If you're free, mate, we'd love you to come back and join us. How does that sound? Sure, that's what you're paying me, right? Yeah, check's in the mail. <laughs> check is absolutely right. in the mail. Yeah. Nah, no worries. Yep. No worries, guys. I'll, I'll All right. Yeah, sing out. I'll, I'll be there. 
Well, thanks everyone for joining us for this episode, and um, mate, hope everything goes all right for you guys up there in Townsville. Red. Yeah, thank so, you. Yeah, take care, mate. We'll chat to you all episode twenty-eight. Look yeah. forward to it. He ain't wrong. He's just different, but his pride won't let him <laughs> do things to make you think he's right. Mama, oh man, I'm hanging up now. I'm hanging up. Grow up go. to be cockheads. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks guys. I'll chat to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> right, hey, Trevor, I'll find out who Trevor is going to have to today. Yeah, go, do some YouTube video searches. You'll you'll soon work it out. Guarantee you I'll do it 15 seconds before we talk next time. <laughs> <laughs>